going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Going the Distance podcast. We hope you had a great Super Bowl weekend, even though it wasn't as exciting as most of us were hoping for. But either way, we're going to talk about that and a lot more on today's episode. Make sure you guys check us out on our brand new website at gtdsports.com. You can follow along with the podcast now on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Uh, follow us on Twitter as well at gtd underscore sports and our personal accounts. I'm over at, at Ryan Bunnell 8 and Elijah is at Elijah Spans. We're also finally now on TikTok. We're going to try and post a few more, some more content on there, maybe some more gambling picks, stuff like that, some easy videos and see if you know we can blow up on there and see how that goes. And if you want to keep up with all of our gambling picks, you can also follow us on the Action Network app. You can just search us up by full name, and you can find us, play along with all of our picks, and see how we're doing. And last but not least, make sure you guys subscribe to the GTD Sports newsletter. Keeps you up to date with all of the latest podcast episodes and newest blogs in your email. Let's go ahead and get right into this today's episode. We're going to be talking about the Super Bowl reaction, some of Tom Brady's antics at their Buccaneers boat party. We're going to talk about how we feel about the NFL awards that were last week, some mock draft talk, and what, what you can watch now that the NFL is over and football's done. There's still a ton of sports on. We're going to finally talk about some baseball. We got the Trevor Bauer in a blockbuster deal. And other than him, we're going to talk about some other moves around the league as well. And then we're going to finish the day off talking about the big fight this weekend with Kamara Usman and Gilbert Burns. Let's go ahead and get right into it. We had the Super Bowl over the weekend. The Buccaneers took down the Kansas City Chiefs 31-9. Tom Brady got his seventh Super Bowl ring. What do you think about that, Elijah? I, um, he's, he's the greatest of all time. I mean, there's really not much more you can say about Brady now and what he could do. He, I mean, we already said, you know, he proved his point by leaving and even getting to the Super Bowl. Well, he dominated in the Super Bowl. I mean, his numbers weren't crazy, but that's because he didn't have to play in the second half. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> he just, he, he went out and I guess, I guess he's like either listening to all the message boards that of people that have no valid opinion or he's making up you know demons in his mind like mike mike jordan did yeah dude you, know? you can just see it in his eyes too like he's sitting over on the sideline during the game and he was just staring he's just he's yeah just yeah staring into the space i mean getting into it with uh Tyron matthew yeah oh yeah that was great man i, I knew as oh soon as, as soon as matthew started chirping at him i'm like dude bad idea bro you're gonna put him in the zone Dude, and you saw him like nodding his yeah. head and like getting it. I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, he was getting really into it. Like, uh oh. And um, apparently, Tyron Matthew said that like he's not gonna repeat what Brady told him. Oh shit! Really? <laughs> so Brady said something. Yeah, he said he said I, I won't say it. So I can't. I can't say what he told. Dude, me. I always wonder what the players say on the field in situations like that. Like, I, I mean, I know it's just basic trash talking, but I really want to know sometimes because I feel like it's some. Some some shit, especially with guys like Brady. Yeah, I've heard some Jalen Ramsey trash talk that's been pretty good. Um, yeah, he's one of the infamous yeah, ones. Yeah, I, w- I want to hear what Brady has to say. I'll definitely look forward to when he retires and they um, release all that. Which, by the way, when is he going to retire? Dude, give it... What, what do you think your... What is your timeline for Brady? I would have thought... Like, if you would have asked me at the beginning of the year, I would have told you, if he wins the Super Bowl, he's done. You know, like, why not go out on top? No. But, dude, I mean, shit, I was wrong. 
He he literally first thing he said in this post game interview was, "Oh, we'll be back. Yeah, we'll be back." Just super casually, he doesn't care. No, I and I was talking about it to uh, my roommate because I I'm starting to have a thing against all these aging quarterbacks just sticking around a lot longer than they should. Yeah, and Brady's really been the only guy that um, breaks that mold, and I've been kind of wondering. I asked my roommate about it, and he was like, "Dude, Brady's the type of guy who." Would rather play in his last season and, and go zero and sixteen than retire. Like he's just gonna ball. That's true. You know he I mean? is one of those guys, and I mean he's one of the rare exceptions right now to that rule of those old heads staying in the league too long. Like if you look at Big Ben, Big Ben has no business still playing football right now. Apparently he's coming back. Too. Yeah, exactly. He's gonna make, exactly. He's gonna take less money, which is ridiculous. He was awful to watch this year. Yeah, and every year uh, he's always to watch next he's year. always debating retirement and whatnot. But it's bullshit, you know. It's just it's just for I, a narrative, man. Yeah, I thought he was actually going to be for real this year because well, he's but, bad now. Yeah, well, he had the Tommy John surgery and his just elbow. Yeah, can't can't keep. And up, the Steelers so, have so many I, weapons around them too, so it's tough to see yeah, that. Yeah, it's it's uh, but but I mean Brady, sh- shoot, man, uh, shoot. Shoot, shit. I mean, <laughs> no other um, way to describe it. It's like I I don't know what to say almost because you see him, you watched him play all all throughout the year this year, and there was at times where Brady struggled. I mean, you think about that Rams game, Brady struggled. Yeah. Well, then he's had his moments. They had of their decline. bye week. Yeah, he's had his moments of decline. I mean, last year he definitely was not. I thought I saw it last year. I thought he's gonna fall. He might have. You know, you see it. Usually it's like towards the half of end half of one season for these guys, and you think, well, maybe they had a minor injury or it was just down or whatever, and then they fall off a cliff. Like it happened to Peyton Manning. You yeah, think about Peyton Manning's seventeenth season before his eighteenth season, he got like he got like a some kind of small injury, and then he was just done, and he was awful all his eighteenth season, and then. Brady just still hasn't father time just still hasn't got up to Brady. You know. Yeah, he's aging so, like fine wine right now. Dude, I mean he looks better. I mean if you look at his headshot from this season to his rookie season, he looks better now. Oh, like appearance-wise? Yeah, appearance-wise. Yeah. Like I mean, he's he's he a good-looking dude, like I mean, it's always been the case. He's on that TB12 diet, bro. Yeah, I wonder how much of uh how much of that he actually does? Like, he, I I think he does. All, some people think it's a little bit of BS. Like, all I for think show. he does all of it, dude. I bet I bet he has he has to do all of it, dude. Tom, there's no way though that Tom Brady is not like. I mean, it's definitely a different game than basketball, but he's 100 percent the same beast and like competitive freak that Michael Jordan is. You know, like it's not like Tom Brady's not doing all this crazy outside shit to put in the work for his game. Like he's doing all of it. You know. How much money? Yeah, I mean, like, how much money do you think he spends on his body? Like, LeBron spends said he spends like a million dollars a year. Do you think it's up there with that, dude? Probably. I mean, if you think about, he probably has to have. I mean, I'm sure we could Google, but he has like you know assistants and trainers, and even probably his own personal dietitian to help him out. So yeah, he's got some one of his buddies. He's kind of a weird. He's kind of a weird, shady guy. I can't remember his name. I think it's like Adrian Gonzalez, maybe. Oh, I can't remember. God, I have no idea. But uh, he's the guy that runs TB12 with him. Um, 
but he he does a lot of the stuff with Brady. Um, and but he he does all kinds of crazy things. Gets massages nonstop. Gets you know trains, eats the right way. I think I even heard a story Michael Strahan talking about Brady, where he said he was at like a dinner party with Brady in the middle of the off season and. He, Michael Strahan was like, oh, would you like a glass of champagne? And he was like, no. He's like, what do you mean no? And he's like, oh, I'm training right now. I'm not. It's, I'm not, it's business I'm not time, Michael. It's business time. And it was literally the middle of the off season. Like, the guy drinks once a year, and it's when he wants to. <laughs> yeah, and he drank a fuck ton at this after the Super Bowl. Dude, him just yeeting the Lombardi Trophy across, <laughs> across the, like, two different boats is probably the best thing that happened so far this year yeah it was one of the coolest videos and also one of the most nerve-wracking videos i've ever seen because he was just standing on the edge of the boat uh for those of you who don't know the buccaneers had a a boat party to celebrate the super bowl instead of like the traditional parade and brady was literally standing on the edge of a boat with the lombardi and just yeeted that bitch over the water onto another moving boat and gronk caught it though but when I was watching it, I was about to shit myself, man. I thought they were going to drop it in the water. Could you imagine if he just, like, just didn't put enough on it, you know? <laughs> that shit would be... Had one of his, had one of his, under th- his underthrow problems this year just kicked in a little bit. <laughs> just, just went straight into the Tampa Bay River or whatever. Dude, what whatever, would they whatever do? Whatever body of water that was. Like, what would they even do? Like, I mean, I'm sure he was thinking, like, so- he was probably thinking, <laughs> like, dive. somebody's got to get it. teams. Scuba team. Yeah, like somebody's no gotta get it. They're not just gonna leave it down there. Um, <laughs> or do you think that? Do you think teams get more than one Lombardi? I don't know. I've always wondered that. Like, just with other sports in general too, because I've seen videos, you know, of people dropping the trophies all the time. So I wonder if like, and also last year or not last year, but last time Gronk and Brady won a Super Bowl together, Gronk literally used it as a baseball bat and fucking dented it. So like. Did they replace yeah. it, or, like, how does that even work? I have no idea. Because that would suck to just have a completely, like, ruined trophy in your case. Yeah. Oh, and side note, it's the guy that runs TB12 with Brady's, Alex Guerrero. Um, you should definitely, if y'all don't know much about him, it's an interesting guy. So look him up. Because um, he's kind of got a little bit of a shady, shady history. But, anyway... Yeah, back to these um, antics at the boat party. Back to these antics, yeah. So apparently he's been drinking adv- avocado tequila, too. Yeah, I so, saw that tweet, bro. That was so funny, man. Tom Brady, ever since he downloaded Twitter, it has just gotten so much better. He rarely tweets, but when he does, it's always like like a simple clap back or just like a, a funny like video. You know, whenever they beat the Packers, he tweeted like the like he was shrugging his shoulders a lot with the score on there and stuff it's it's fucking (laughs) hilarious dude i haven't seen an athlete though get this drunk at like an after party or even just in general in the public be this drunk since either since gronk went on his party streak which was pretty big in the media or jr yeah jr smith jr smith dude jr smith yeah he's i don't even know when he when he was in cleveland and he didn't wear a shirt for like two weeks yeah he just forgot clothing exists um one of my favorite parts about that is that uh, 
t-shirts were coming out that were literally just J.R. Smith's torso with like all his tattoos. Dude, oh my god. I almost bought one, but they were like 40 bucks. So oh I yeah, fuck I that. But I, I didn't see that. But, That's pretty funny. No, it was hilarious. I was really close. Because, oh my god. And then, and then when he was with the Lakers, um, when he played like, what, two minutes the entire year. No, uh, no. Was... Well, yeah, with the Lakers, yeah, he didn't play much with the Lakers. He didn't but play much. With, with the Cavs, I mean, I guess... With the Cavs, he was a piece. Yeah, in both, in both parades, he was fucked up, shirtless the whole time. Yeah, you see that video of him in the bubble, and he's just completely faded, just high yeah. off his ass. Like, Yo, yeah, well, he's been open about that. Probably rolled himself... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, he smokes I mean, weed before games and everything. Like, he, he's been pretty open about it. It kind of makes you think how many guys get high before their games. Because there was, um, what's his name? Josh Gordon. Flash. Flash, Flash Gordon. Gordon. Uh, yeah, he, um, when he was with the Browns and he led the league in receiving, you know, he came out and said that he was drunk and or high for every single football game. Yeah, dude, I mean, it, it's amazing that, I mean, some people, you know, think, oh, it slows you down, your cognitive abilities, yada, yada. But, bro, there's a ton of athletes that have openly said they prefer playing high even. Like, there's some YouTube interview stuff that you can find with, oh, interviewing former NFL player or NBA player about smoking weed. And it's it's a surprising amount that said that they did it before games. And in the NFL, you have to worry about going around drug tests, yada, yada. But the NBA doesn't give a fuck. You can do whatever you want. So Yeah, now the MLB, too. I've known I've known a guy that played um, JUCO baseball, and he said he got high before every game. You know, those only he's when he played best. Yeah, I could definitely see. So like, I don't think it's as common in the NFL. Like, I could never see Gronk, you know, playing a game high or drunk. But in the NBA, it's definitely as popular. I mean, think about think about when you play video games. Are you better when you're high? Or are you better when you're sober? Some people some people are better when they're high. That's true. That's tough. I I'd probably say. It depends on the game. If it's a sports game and I'm high, bro, run me my money any day. But if it's like Call of Duty, I don't know, man. <laughs> sometimes sometimes you pull out some 200 IQ moves that you can't think of when you're That's true, high. exactly. Like, you don't even know what you're doing. You just do it, and you're like, oh, shit, nice. Yeah, yeah, kind of. It's uh, kind of like Naruto where... Rock Lee just breaks the extra wall or whatever. If you watch, dude, no, I don't. You ever seen that? I show? don't know much about Naruto. I used to watch it as a kid, though. Uh, no, well, you I need. To, yeah, I've been told I need to get more into anime. My roommate's pretty big on it. It's a. Uh, it's fun. I just like cartoons, but yeah. Anyway, uh, back to the back to the Super Bowl itself. That was probably one of the most disappointing games I've seen in a long time. Because coming into it, the story, you know, goat versus baby goat, the passing of the torch, yada, yada. And then the Chiefs didn't even score a fucking touchdown, dude. Yeah, that was that was definitely up there with the past two Brady Super Bowls have just been a pain to watch. Yeah, well, especially I mean, the one against Rams the Rams. One, yeah. 13 to 3. I mean, this one had a little bit more fireworks, but geez Louise, man. Yeah, I fucking, fucking I had so many... It, I had so many anytime touchdown scoring bets. It was just a sad day for me. It just didn't it just didn't happen? Dude, nothing yeah, happened. I mean, man. like, I got fucked it, in Super Bowl bets. I literally, I was, I had a small little watch party. I didn't like go to any bar or anything. 
uh, with my roommates and a few people. And I had, because I had way too many bets to even remember. Like, I literally, there was no way I was going to remember everything. So I got a, Same. I got a piece of cardboard and I taped it next to the TV and I wrote, <laughs> yeah, yeah, bro. I wrote Ryan's money board and then I wrote down all my picks and I had like a green and a red marker. And during the game, I would just X them out or like check it off if it hit. There was a lot of red X's, uh, <laughs> a lot of red. Yeah, X's. it was. I just man, I don't think I've ever seen an O line performance as bad as the Chiefs O line. Dude, it was or maybe, terrible. It was they were Swiss cheese, man. Yeah, they were Swiss fucking cheese. They, it, I didn't and, think they were that bad all season, and then that was just that was terrible. Well, I guess that just goes to show you how big that Eric Fisher injury was. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You know, and. Another thing, too, is, you know, a lot of people have been pointing fingers at Chiefs O line, but what about what about that Bucks D line? Dude, the Bucks front seven is all time, dude. It's the best yeah, in the league. Easily the best yeah, in the league easily. right now. I mean I mean we mentioned it on our I mentioned it in our Super Bowl podcast that like that's gonna the, that front seven is gonna be the deciding factor in this game. Yeah. And sure enough, man, I mean Patrick was never comfortable. He was always moving. He never had a clean pocket. I mean, he just yeah, and he was it, running. He was running scared the entire time. I mean, he didn't have time to make throws, and when he did make a throw, it, it, the guy would either be covered or drop. Yeah, like it's hard to it's hard to knock Patrick Mahomes because some people were saying, "Oh, Mahomes played like shit on Twitter and stuff," but he didn't. It's not his fault, you know. He didn't really have time. He didn't, he didn't have the opportunity to play shit. Yeah, to play. Good, he maybe you know had I mean? like two seconds in the pocket before there was one-handed Jason Pierre-Paul. And then Dominic and Sue trying to swamp his ass. Like, he was he just would, scrambling. He would set his feet. Yeah, he would set his feet, and then he'd have to start, you know, pocket dancing every time. And it was, it was, it was honestly really impressive to watch because any other guy, I think, would have had a real problem oh, with that. Yeah, and like he, they made, he made the, They would have nowhere near the performance. Like, 63 QBR for that game with that O line and the pressure that he was facing is astronomically it is honestly and like he had what i thought was um somebody coined it on twitter as the best incompletion in nfl history so he was like scrambling out and he was yeah dive he literally dives sideways and like four inches off the ground just chucks that bitch and it's it's actually a really accurate ball but they didn't come down with it hits damian williams in the face yeah that was crazy i wonder how hard it is to catch that guy's passes I'm sure you get used Coming to at it. You. Yeah. I'm sure. Th- I mean, the NFL athletes get used to it, but like, what if you oh, yeah. were just like trying to run back at a Patrick Mahomes pass? Not run with it, but like run at, co- attack the ball for a catch. Yeah, dude. How hard do you think that would be? I feel like a fucking bullet, man. Yeah, like how how much like how fucked up do you think your fingers would get? I think it would help a guy, lot man, though if we just... had um NFL NFL caliber wide receiver gloves. You know, the sticky hands. Um. Yeah, probably. I wonder how much th- how much that they how much they help uh, normal people like us. Because I know for them it makes the world difference. Yeah. But you know, I saw a long time ago this video on YouTube. Uh, this guy went around to homeless people and had NFL receiver gloves and would have them put on the glove and then throw them passes. And the homeless people were catching dimes, bro. <laughs> No way. Dude, yeah, it was pretty sick. I believe it. Yeah, Man, but the gloves are God. sticky as fuck. And they wear a new pair that, every game, so. 
that game though, that was the the Bucks coaching staff just really shined. Um, Todd Bowles, I said before, is a really good defensive coordinator. He proved himself again. He needs a head coaching job next year. Yeah, I think him uh, him and Byron Leftwich have proved themselves as some of the best him and Byron, coordinators in the game. Well, it's it's a now an NFL fact, I guess. If you're an offensive coordinator and your team wins the Super Bowl, you will get a head coaching job very soon, unless you're Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, but I, that's Bieniemy is a little bit of a different story. But both those guys should get head coaching jobs. I I think for a fact too that you know the NFL has had a kind of a diversity problem with uh, hiring black head coaches. Yeah, head coaches and GMs. Um, I yeah I don't know how much I bought into that narrative just yet, but if those three guys, Bienemy and Byron and Bowles, don't get head coaching jobs within the next two years, then I'll start buying. Especially Bienemy. Because those guys, especially Bienemy. I mean, and especially Bulls, because Bulls, he had one good year with the Jets, and then the Jets started being the Jets, and then it kind of went sideways, and I think he deserves a second chance now. So, Or maybe he's just a really good coordinator, not a good head coach, because those guys do exist. It's true, yeah, there are definitely people that fit the coordinator role better. But like you said, I agree, though, he deserves a second chance. I thought uh, deserves- it, was, it was hilarious, though, after the game. Uh, one of the reporters <laughs> in the post-game interviews. Did you see that? They confused Byron Leftwich for Todd Bowles. No. Yeah, dude. Oh, that's bad. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it's literally my worst. So I've done, like, it, you know, I always go into interviews with athletes, like, especially if it's a sport that I'm not familiar with covering. Like, recently I covered a rifle team, and I'd never done that before. So, like, my biggest fear is sounding like I don't know what I'm talking about. And this dude goes into the interview, a post-Super Bowl interview, like the most important post-game interview of the year, potentially. And he says, he asked Byron Leftwich, so uh, what did you guys do? What were you able to do to stop Patrick Mahomes tonight? You guys really seemed to shut him down for all four quarters. And he literally broke. <laughs> he just started laughing. And he goes, uh, Patrick Mahomes? Uh, I think you got the wrong guy. Like, <laughs> I didn't have nothing to do with that. <laughs> Dude, that's that is almost racist. Dude, it was bad. It's like that's like as close as you could get. Cause my <laughs> Dude, yeah, because that's what people on Twitter were saying. You know, they were calling racism. I'm, uh, I I'm I'm never quick to call racism, but damn. <laughs> no, it was. Gotta, I think it was just either he was super. Do nervous. your job, dude. Yeah, do your fucking job. It's <laughs> it's the super. Bowl. Know who know who your know who the coordinators are and who they look like. Yeah. And I mean, especially uh, because it's the biggest game of the year. And I just think maybe it was because he was nervous. You know, a lot of people are listening. But at the same time, if you're going to hire a reporter to do that, like you got to be you got to be prepared. You got to be ready for that. Well, if you're at the Super Bowl, then you're qualified to be there. right? Yeah, exactly. You should be. That's hard to get those jobs. Yeah. Or at least you'd think you'd be. You know, they yeah, they don't give them just anybody. It's even though it doesn't seem like that all the time. Yeah, it was kind of funny to me, though, that the most entertaining aspect of the game came after the game ended, because that shit was so boring, dude. God, I mean, and you keep on thinking that the Chiefs could maybe come back, because they've done it before. All the time. Time and time again. Yeah, all the time. And they just didn't, they just 
didn't do it. Yeah, I thought about live betting strong. the Chiefs a lot. Um, and then, you know, playoff Lenny, when playoff Lenny scored that, what, 20, 30 yard run. Dude, I was so hyped. I was like, this game's, this game's over. I was so hyped, man. Um, I was so proud because I made a TikTok, like, and that was my favorite bet of the game. So seeing Lenny go off, he had 89 rushing yards and like 30 receiving yards, something like that. Yeah, I wish I put more money on Lenny. I should have just put all my money on playoff Lenny, dude. Fuck. Honestly, that was is it, that was literally the one constant money. Maker yeah, it was the I one had. that I knew. Like Playoff I knew money. it was gonna hit, but I still only put one unit on it. it as whatever. It's tough. You live and it's you tough. learn. That's just that's just gambling. But before playoff Lenny went off, they had NFL had their awards ceremony, and um, let's kick it off. Justin Herbert, offensive rookie of the year. What do you think about that? I agree 100%. I think the only way you Yeah. Yeah, the only way you can argue that is if Joe Burrow played a full healthy season cuz I think it would have yeah. been pretty close between the two and It would have been pretty close. It would have probably gone to Burrow. I agree. I would have given um, it to Burrow, but I'm slightly biased as a Bengals fan. Burrow got hurt. Well, Burrow's just man, he's so good. So it good, sucks dude. That he, it sucks that. Dude, it's cuz the Bengals uh, O-line is trash. Just terrible dog shit. I can't even watch them play. It's embarrassing. Yeah, I think I think after watching that, you know, you got to look at um how teams build now because do you really want to draft a guy before you even have your O-line in place? Like if your O-line is that bad, yeah, well, do you really want to draft a guy and put him in that situation? Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. But I think for the Bengals, it was different because they had the number one pick. You can't pass on Joe Burrow. You can't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't pass on Joe Burrow, of course, yeah. of course. But you do need to build your line. That's something That's something to, to put in consideration now, you know. Maybe if you're the Bengals, you trade the number one overall pick and, you know... Get some really good linemen. I think it depends on who's on the board. Couple rounds, and then yeah, I mean, of course, this is all you know, hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Um, and then go get your guy because you still suck because you don't yeah. have a quarterback. Yeah, and they still um, do suck. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's exactly. like watching the Bengals' offensive line play. It's like watching a high school women's JV basketball team. That just has no fucking clue what's going on in the play. <laughs> like it's it's just embarrassing, and I feel bad for Joe Burrow because like there was one game, uh, whenever the the Bengals beat the Steelers on Monday Night Football, I believe Joe said like he literally met two of the linemen that were starting the day of the game. Like he had never met them before, and they were just hopping in the starting lineup because like they had no set starters all year really. But if they if the Bengals don't get Penny Sewell out of Oregon with the fifth pick. I will have a whole fucking rant on the Bengals ready. So be prepared for that. But if they do get Sewell, I'll be a happy camper. We'll be fine. Well, hopefully he falls to y'all because he might get nabbed before y'all pick. Yeah, it depends though. It depends on, uh, you know, Todd McShay's newest mock draft has all kinds of crazy shit. But we'll get into that that in a sec. Next up though, we have Chase Young at uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year. You agree? There's no other guy they could have picked for that, honestly. Yeah, I think that's the most. Maybe Antoine Winfield. Yeah, yeah. Um, you you can but... make a case. He had a great year, but Chase Young is probably the most clear cut pick. They give, they give uh, 
defensive player of the year or, or you know those type of awards to d linemen yeah for Na- sure naturally well i mean even then um, and then you look at aaron donald won the overall defensive player of the year for what is this his third now i think so yeah well i mean that guy's on another planet you know, so I mean, I just think he's crazy because he's an undersized defensive tackle that rushes the passer. Yeah, he's three time. D tackles, yeah, and three time defensive yeah. player of the year. So he's undersized for his position and is the best at his position at rushing the passer on any spot of the D line, really. Yeah, he's just a freak athlete. Yeah, it's insane. He's he's part of the '99 club in Madden every single year now. <laughs> he's just unstoppable. The Rams got lucky with him. And then moving on to the other side of the ball, we got Derrick Henry winning Offensive Player of the Year. I yeah, you rush. I don't have 2, any complaints. Yards. Yeah, I don't have any complaints. You rush two thousand yards, you get that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you know, he had a, maybe even an MVP case, but the Titans really weren't that great yeah i I agree it's Um, it's also hard you know they don't really give the mvp to a running back as often but maybe teams need to start taking notes from the titans man because the titans have a top 5-0 line yeah they just and everyone knew what was happening all year like they're gonna feed that man the rock yeah nobody could stop my favorite thing about henry is that he just gets stronger as the game goes on yeah he really does yeah he really does like he he doesn't care. I remember one time when he was at Alabama, he ran the ball 50 times. Yeah, well, he's he's not a typical he, running back either. Doesn't care. Yeah, like his his build. No, he's six foot four. Yeah. And what, like 250 I mean, or some shit? He's huge. And, he's, and his running style is just so much different because he's so big. Yeah, he's like the he Zion so, Williamson of the NFL. He looks so awkward when he runs. I used to not like watching him just because the way that he runs kind of just... I don't know. Weirds me out. Dude, I remember when he was in uh, Alabama, and I was watching his post his post game interview or like pre game interview for the national championship. And dude, this dude would like, hey, I'm, I'm gonna talk like uh, Derek Henry talked in that interview. Ready? So the reporter was like, "So Derek, what are you guys doing to prepare tonight for the big game?" Uh, we, you know, we we, we want to talk and uh, listen to coaches, and you know, uh, and just do what the coaches say, and then really get out there and, and do our thing. I was like, bro, what are you talking about? <laughs> like what the fuck yeah. yeah i don't know well english isn't his forte but running the ball is yeah you don't have to be the smartest player just to say hand just to take the ball and get the hole yeah go go get to the, the hole so. score ball but um no now kevin stefanski coach of the year taking the browns to the playoffs for the first time and Gosh, how many years? Dude, what now? are you talking about, man? Coach of the year's got to be Adam Gase. I hate that guy so much. <laughs> yeah, fuck Adam I hate Gase. That, I hate. I hate that he is still a football coach and will probably get a job coaching football next year. All the homies hate him. Adam Gase, dude, and he's ruined so many career. Like Donald could have had a chance to be good. Dude, he could have had a chance somewhere else. But uh, I don't know. Either way, I agree, though, with uh, the Stefanski pick. I don't really have any complaints with any of these awards. Honestly, I think they did a pretty good job. There's not many controversial because the Browns definitely, just the turnaround in the last few years has been absurd, like absurdly impressive. So yeah, got to give credit to the coaching staff. Yeah, he, uh, he proved everyone's point and, 
you know, that the Browns do have a talented roster. You know, Freddie Kitchens just wasted it, kind of. Yeah, well, Freddie, Freddie uh, Kitchens isn't that great. So. He was over his head. He shouldn't have got that job. Yeah, no, he's not um, that great. But he just he just impresses the offensive coordinator that year. But they, they made the right move by getting rid of him and putting in Stefanski. Um, he's a good head coach. Hopefully he'll continue to be a good head coach because I really hate it when guys get – you know, they blow up their first year, and everyone thinks they're a good head coach in the next three years. It's just not the case. Which, so. at the Browns, could very likely happen. <laughs> I mean, that would be a very Browns thing to happen. Yeah, exactly. But guys that aren't going to go away and not be good for the next couple of years. Aaron Rodgers, your MVP. What do you think about that? I already know what you're going to say. I already know you're all aboard the Aaron Rodgers hype train. But in my opinion, Josh Allen got fucking robbed, man. No, dude, Josh Allen got robbed. Okay, for the I'm gonna tell you the first reason why you're wrong is because I'm so sick and tired of guys having a breakout year, and then we just give them the MVP. Like, see, but it wasn't really even like a breakout year for him per se. It was a breakout year for the Bills because Josh Allen has has been quietly putting up numbers his entire career. I mean, like, he's been. Good, but I mean, like, what? His completion percentage was, like, in the low 60s last year, right? Dude, low 60s? <laughs> that's it not wasn't bad. Even that, that's not good for NFL. Dude, I mean, anything above 60, in my opinion, is pretty good. Not not in today's game. You gotta be, you gotta be high 60s now, these days. With all the short completions and shit. But, he, they got Diggs, and he is now a bona fide, legit star. Yeah, Diggs and made a difference. Diggs made a huge difference, all the difference in the world, and he, you know, Cole Beasley as a slot man. I love Cole Beasley. Yeah, how can you not um, love Cole Beasley? Yeah, in all, in all seriousness, though, I don't, I don't disagree with the pick for Rodgers at MVP. I definitely agree that he had an MVP caliber year, but I just wanted to see Josh Allen win. <laughs> I really thought no, he had a good I, year. I think, I think. Rodgers was totally deserving of MVP. If they were going to give it to anyone else, it would have been Mahomes. Yeah, well, of course, you know, face of the league. I would have put Bills, I would have put Josh Allen at third for me. I could see that argument too. Have to give it to Rodgers. I mean, the guy just doesn't turn the ball over. Uh, He. Except against the Buccaneers. He's done it time and time again his entire career. Um, I mean, yeah, he, he deserves his third MVP, no doubt. But interestingly enough, though, you know who the last guy to win the MVP in the Super Bowl in the same year was? Hmm. Now, take a guess. Just guess, because it's going to be, you're not going to get it. Last guy. Okay, well, now that you said I'm not going to get it, I really got, is it, is it recent, like in the last decade? <laughs> just, just try. Just okay. throw out a name. Last person to win the MVP and the Super Bowl. Fucking dog. I don't know. Is Give me a hint. Quarterback? Yeah, of course. Okay. It's not Peyton Manning. I'm going to go Steve Young. No, it was uh, Kurt Warner in 1999. Ah, damn. Kurt Warner, dude. Love the guy. Can you believe that, though? When I saw that stat, it blew my mind. That is pretty crazy, yeah. You know, because you think about, you know, Peyton Manning, four-time MVP. The two times he won the Super Bowl, he was an MVP. Um, Aaron Rodgers, now three-time MVP. Never won the Super Bowl the same year. Even Brady. That's what got that, me. Yeah, that's Brady what I was going to say. It's like, that. that's crazy with Brady. Yeah. Um, so, 
Maybe the MVP is a, is almost a curse. I don't know about that. The MVP curse. You don't 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 win the MVP. if you want to win the Super Bowl, don't win the MVP that year. I don't know. That's like one of those uh, like the Madden curse. The, yeah. the Madden curse well, is real maybe. though, dude. It happens. Ah, uh, I would say it's it's not as real as it used to be. That's true. Not as important. But I remember especially after Odell was on the cover. <laughs> then after uh, that, yeah, yeah, that was. That was a different story, but like last three of the five Madden covers won a Super Bowl on Sunday, so okay, that's AB Gronk and Brady. Yeah, that's pretty so, good. I don't know how much, I don't know how real it is anymore. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Well, another other um, news before the Super Bowl, or not before the Super Bowl, but after the Super Bowl, Todd McShay released his NF, newest NFL mock draft for the first round. And he has some interesting ideas going on in there, so we're going to get into a little bit of draft talk and see how we feel about it. What do you think about uh, this number three pick? He has the Panthers trading the Dolphins, giving up their yeah, so first-round pick and next year and a second-round pick just to move up five spots. Um, I don't really have a problem with the trade itself that he made up. I guess they're now waiving their no trade clause for their mock drafts, which by the way, McShay's and Kuiper's mock drafts are the two best mock drafts out there to read. Um, yeah. Yeah. And sure. I, I read a shit ton. I love uh, draft season. It's, it's literally my favorite time of the year or my favorite part of the NFL off season. It's my favorite part of any sports off season. Um, it's, well, yeah, Cause you it's know, it's so college much football. Fun. I love college. Football, yeah. It's so college. To... You know, it's, Mix the two. It's great. I love it. But McShay is, I don't know if he's just sitting up there in his ivory tower and he's like, fuck it. I'm smarter than everyone else. I'm going to make some smarter moves than anyone else could think to put. And he put Trey Lance going third overall. And I just I just don't know. And in, in the Dude, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it, dude. Second. I'm not fucking buying it. Um, I mean, he's got Trevor Lawrence going number one overall, duh, and then Zach yeah. Wilson number two. So I don't know. At some point in the year, Zach Wilson overtook Justin Fields as the number two guy. Yeah, I've and seen that in, in most of the mock drafts lately. Yeah, it, it's in all of them now. Zach Wilson's num- the number two guy. And here's what's really what really surprised me is just how much um, in love that these guys have fallen in love with uh, Zach Wilson is that in a TV interview with McShay, Zach Wilson, or McShay said, you know, there's Trevor Lawrence number one, and then there's a little bit of a gap. Not not a big gap. He said there's a little bit of a gap for Zach Wilson. So just how good do they think this guy is? I mean, I watched him play a little bit BOAU. I didn't watch him play a lot. I mean, he's good, but like... I watched him play. He's pretty damn good. They're, they're enamorated by this guy. Yeah, it's, like you said, the gap. I think you can compare it to the uh, the Joe Burrow situation because there was definitely a gap between Joe Burrow and Tua and Justin Herbert. But I think that the gap is bigger than they're saying, you know? Trevor Lawrence is fucking football Jesus. Like, he, he's a different breed. He's he's one of those generational talents, like, like uh, Joe Burrow, in my opinion. Well... I mean, they're saying he's the best football prospect since Andrew Luck. And Andrew Luck was, you know, the unheralded number one pick, you know, as soon as he as soon as he declared. So 
Yeah, on a, si- on a side note, apparently, Andrew Luck, uh, some text messages between his wife and a mutual friend of the wife leaked saying that Andrew might be coming back to football. Yeah, we don't know how legit those are. I hope he comes back. That'd be, yeah, that'd be dope. Hopefully true. he comes back at full strength. Hopefully he's been working out and staying in shape. I would love to see Andrew Luck come back and play well with the Colts because the Colts have a really good team. They just need a quarterback. So... Yeah, exactly. It would be a perfect time. So but, awesome. yeah, I don't know. It's, it's all, all speculation, speculation, though. But. but Trevor Lawrence is definitely one of those guys that's like Andrew Luck, you know, one of those top recruits. Yeah. I agree with that. But but the, the draft doesn't start until the second pick. That, that's oh, a yeah, for sure. I mean, it's been that way for a couple of years now. Um, it's just whoever the highest-rated quarterback is is going number one overall, and it's everyone else after that. But – well, not not necessarily. Like, look at uh, like Jadavion Clowney recently. And, I mean, there's uh, yeah, like Chase Young was those considered. Will, like those will happen, you know, once in a while. It's not it's not year in and yeah. year out. I mean, it'll go like three or four years, and then it'll be like a defensive guy or like like Miles Garrett. Yeah, you know, or um, Eric Fisher, but that was ten years ago now, like close to it. It feels like yeah, um, it's been a while, but. No, but what I really want to know is how did Justin Fields go from the number two guy, the close number two guy to Trevor Lawrence, all the way to the number four guy behind a guy like Trey Lance, who didn't even play football this year? How did that happen? Yeah, dude, I don't, I just, I just don't get the the hype behind Trey Lance. I'm just not a fan of small school quarterbacks. Like, they didn't face nearly the same level of competition as these other guys. And, I mean, people, you know, you can compare it to Carson Wentz. They literally went to the same school, North Dakota State. And Carson Wentz was great for, what, two years? But now he's well, dog Carson shit. Carson Wentz might be a different. So Injuries might have played a factor in Carson Wentz. But, like, no, I agree with you. Like, they tried out the small school thing. It was cute. It was fun. But don't, don't do it again. It was cute. Like, I, I like the guy did played one yeah. game of football this year, and like they're all, you know, talking uh, about how great he is because he didn't even throw a pick all of last year. Zero interceptions on the year, very impressive, I will say. But the one game yeah. he played this year, he threw a pick. You know, so like what? Yeah, I I just I would not be, I would be very cautiously optimistic if my team drafted Trey Lance. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, he's a physical specimen. Looks like an NFL build. You know, yeah, he could so be coached up Fields. to play, but I'm just not buying yeah. it. Yeah, well, yeah. And, like, I have the quarterbacks ranked uh, Trevor Lawrence 1. I I do agree with Zach Wilson at number 2 uh, just because there's been a few things with Justin yeah, Fields I agree. that have given me doubts, like, especially in that game against Indiana. Like, that was a yeah, big, big the, red flags in that game. game. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and he fucking went off. So he's definitely capable. But I mean, that may show inconsistencies. But and then after Justin Fields, I have Mac Jones at number four, yeah. Trey Lance at number five. Because I just I'd I, probably I put where does Trey so Lance let's see at where, five too. Uh, I I would definitely put him over Kyle Trask. Um, Kyle Trask. I mean, shit. I feel I feel so bad for Kyle Trask and in the game against Oklahoma when he got benched. In his last game as a starter, I'm like, dude, the coaching staff yeah, Ka- literally dude, like fucked him. I they love made him Kyle go Trask. from French first round prospect to probably third round, maybe second round. 
Dude, I don't. I think it's he's being underrated because Trevor or not Trevor, but Kyle Trask was definitely my favorite quarterback to watch all year. You know, you could talk about Mac Jones, Devontae Smith putting up 50 points a game all day long, but Kyle Trask was fun to watch because like that whole Florida offense revolved around him and Kyle Pitts. Like they were the duo, they were running the show. And and speaking of Kyle Pitts, is another one of those guys that wherever he goes, he could end up. Anywhere from like pick number five to pick number fifteen, but wherever he goes is going to be a snag because I think he's the best tight end on the well, board and the best I mean, tight end. The way end that in the they're talking about this guy, years. he's not even really a tight end. He's so he's just he's just a huge wide receiver. He's yeah, he like can line prime, up as a receiver. He's like yeah, prime he's, Jimmy Graham. Basically. Yeah. Like I wouldn't even I wouldn't yeah, he's, even. He's big, dude. Do you know how good his blocking is? Like, do they? I think that's like the one. He can block. It, yeah, he, he, dude, he's he's all around. Oh, like shit. he's a really good tight end prospect. Yeah, right. he can block well. Oh, he's huge. Yeah, he's six six, dude. Oh. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, McShay has a uh, Pitts projected to go to the Giants at number eleven, which honestly makes a lot of sense because at that point the top receivers are probably going to be off the board. Like Devontae Smith's going to be gone. Jamar Chase is going to be gone, and the Giants need somebody. And considering Evan Ingram missed, uh, he missed a few games this year. He's been missing a few from injuries over the last few years. They might uh, need him, especially because his contract expires next year. I don't know if I'm going to see, jo- sure. see more teams going the Detroit Lions route and just taking uh, tight ends in the first round every year or every other year. It seems like so. I wouldn't be ex- maybe, you know, maybe they think they can make a, a two tight end offense work with those two guys because. Evan Ingram is also a pretty damn good athlete and athletic freak. Um, so maybe. Yeah. yeah, he is. Well, what I'm saying, though, is like they're thinking because his contract expires next That's year true. that if they have to let go it's, of Ingram, ah, Pitts would be their guy. I don't know how I feel about taking Titans in the first round. Kyle Pitts is definitely different. But, I mean, if you look at – he is an ex- I, I feel like he'll probably be an exception. But like, I think he's the exception. Titans are, but I agree, though. are slow to adapt to the game. I mean, think about – First round tight ends in the recent memory. You have Evan Ingram, not really worth his draft position. Good tight end, good player. I'm not saying that, but where he's picked, no. Eric Ebron, not worth his draft position. Yeah. You have um, OJ Howard, absolutely not worth his draft position. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then he uh, really was for Noah maybe Fant, like three games. <laughs> who is played. Broncos player. I mean, he's okay. And then Hawkins, and then TJ Hawkinson, TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, but I don't think he's had time. He's a yet. really good tight end. I think he's going to be a top three tight end for the next couple years. But is he worth? I don't know if he's worth the tenth overall pick just yet. So. Yeah, it's it's tough to say. Like, I think Kyle Pitts is going to be an exception to that but yeah like tj hogginson noah fant i don't think noah fant has really had enough time to blossom yet because i think he's going to be really good if the broncos can just find a goddamn quarterback that's not named drew lock because i don't know what john elway is smoking but yeah drew well, lock is not their guy they try to get stafford so i think he's uh i think it's the beginning of the end for drew lock but now that football is over though yeah i which agree sucks i think so um What's what is there to do now? What are we gonna watch? Yeah. 
Dude, I mean, you know, you can always... There's a lot of things to watch. There's always sports going on. My personal favorite is just watching European football, or soccer as we call it here in America, because it's basically going on all year round. You know, you got Premier League, La Liga, Ligue 1, Serie A, Bundesliga, all the big leagues, you know, and Champions League is coming back in a couple weeks. But that, I mean, that's my favorite, biggest sport, but in America, you know, Um, we got hockey and basketball going too. Do you think people should start getting into soccer? Like, is it, do you swear by it? Because I've tried a couple times, and it's, it's definitely kind of hard, especially when there's those zero-zero games. So, like, what about soccer do people need to start appreciating? Yeah. Yeah, I, like you said, I definitely do swear by it. But at the same time, I do recognize that it is not meant for everybody in the sense that some people really just can't sit there without, like, the action and stuff. But then, like me... In those zero zero games, sure they're boring, but sometimes there's like some really interesting competitive aspects. Like some of the best games I've ever watched have ended in a zero zero or one to one tie, because some of them are really just truly good games. You know, you can look at the chances created, the saves made, everything like that. It definitely takes a while to get into it, because I remember whenever I first started watching soccer, I'd maybe watch like a game every other week or something. But now it's like if there's two big clubs playing like i i'm i want to watch it especially because in america all of our sports start at night for primetime tv and over in england it's the same thing but for us Mm. that means all the games are starting at like yeah noon or or two o'clock so it it gets my my sports itch out the way for the afternoon and then i can watch basketball hockey football whatever at night but i I definitely do swear by it i want to i definitely would love to see soccer gained some popularity in america but i do recognize that it is not for everybody yeah, to watch because um, it is a slow slow paced game yeah, it's i just much hate different. that there's ties i just think tie a tie is a waste of time yeah i know yeah well there's there's not in like tournaments like champions league there's no ties i'd say actually if you're looking to get into soccer that, i'd say that's, that's probably the best, the best way to start is watching play. champions league you know, the or most some kind of tournament teams. yeah um another thing too yeah yeah champions league is basically the world cup for clubs for like it that's tough for me yeah that's true it's all yeah the scoring system too is weird because like People, sometimes I'll have to explain the soccer system to people. Like, my roommate still doesn't understand it. Uh, They're asking me, you know, who's going to the playoffs and whatnot. And I'm like, well, there is no playoffs. Like, so if you win, you get three points. If you tie, you get one point. If you lose, you get zero. So whoever has the most points at the end of the season is the champion. She's like, well, that's dumb. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, but it's also like, a super yeah, fair system because you play I every you. team it twice. Probably is the most and fair it's basically just whoever did the best for, for the entire season, um, like sports leagues. But it's not the most exciting system, you know? Because oh, I'd riot. Yeah, definitely not. I I'd mean, you, could, you could never do that with football, like ever. You could never do that. I'd storm the capital, like American tried football, and some bullshit like that. Um, I would storm the fucking capital, dude. You know, I mean, how many times has there been the, call the for crown Roger champion like head. a week or two before the season even ends? Does that it happens? Yeah, so like, I, it's just not exciting. quite a bit. Almost every season, yeah. 
But sometimes, dude, sometimes though, I, I can tell you about one of the craziest, and it's a pretty iconic video. Uh, you look it up once we're done recording. It's Sergio Aguero for Manchester City scores like a game-winning goal. So it's the last game of the season, 38th game of the year. They're playing Everton, I believe. And while their game is going on, Manchester United just finished their game and they won. So because Man United won, they jumped Man City and took first place in the league on the last day of the season. But that happened in the middle of Man City's game. And Man City then goes and scores a like 96th minute like absolute last second right before the ref blows the whistle goal to win and then they win the league on it and it's yeah that's one awesome. of the most like, crazy like scenes lifetime you'll ever see when in, they just could have when soccer. they just like, could have played crazy. like a championship game you think they ever will Dude, yeah yeah mm. well i mean that's fine do in champions league and stuff I, I, they're doing just fine yeah, without I americans think they'll change that system i doubt it yeah, like I said, it's, I mean, you know, I it's not for everybody. It. It but you, you definitely learn yeah. to appreciate. I, I mean, like I get it. it is, I respect it's it. It's completely like, different because like, it is the, a fair. Over there in England, that's all they have. You know, I love playoffs. <laughs> I love playoffs. Yeah, I do too. You know, I love playoffs. Yeah. Well, that's why Champions League is yeah, all the more true. special. Because it's like but, the only time where you know, if you lose, you go home kind of situation. Yeah, but you know you can always watch uh, European s- football, soccer, whatever you want to call it. It's on basically all year, other than a couple months. But other than that, you know, of course we got I, Daytona 500 is this weekend as well, which is I'm not really a huge racing uh, fan. I can't get But the Daytona the 500 is one of the events I'll follow. It's pretty I'm fun sure. to watch. My uh, my grandpa used to watch NASCAR races every Sunday. And yeah, it's it's tough. I, I can't watch I'd NASCAR or anything. Like, I literally just can't. Yeah. Oh, shit. Another left turn. The The South Park episode about NASCAR is my favorite thing about I'm NASCAR. I'm making a left turn. Um, where, where Cartman, <laughs> you know, keep, dips the Vagisil. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I love that, man. <laughs> oh, I love South Park. Yeah, no, that's probably my favorite thing. And the fact that fans only go there just to get yeah, dude. Beyond reckoning. That's a classic, bro. Yeah, I've never, I've never been to a NASCAR race, but I really want to go. One of my buddies. Oh, they go in uh, the, they go in the GT ring. Is super yeah, I heard that's like the best he, part. Like, him and his dad go, go with a trailer, or like I don't know if it's a trailer, but they go and camp. Yeah, in the field. Yeah, and no, you can do whatever you want. No, yeah, I would, yeah, I would do that. He's always telling us about it. It's crazy. <laughs> I would There's do like no sure. restrictions and shit, really. Like they don't give a fuck. Yeah, that that would be fun. Yeah, especially because you know Red we Nick, live over here by Red Texas Motor Speedway, which is in one high of the biggest in the country. My freshman year I feel college, like it'd be pretty fun. To, uh, it'd be different. Larry Joe you know, Taylor Fest, we're getting which is like Redneck up. Coachella. It's for all the Texas country artists out there, and it's just a big old redneck party. And man, those are some of the best times I've had in my life. So. I can imagine the NASCAR is probably a little bit like that. Dude, hell yeah. Dude, they are. I, yeah, I can attest, bro. My The same friend that's in a NASCAR, he has a big family reunion every year. And, like, he invites us friends. It's called Maybash. And it, dude, it's, like, the biggest 
party, like, yeah, like you said, like right uh, next to it, dude. It takes a certain breed. Up, you gotta drink a lot of beer. And shit. It's actually a lot of fun, but it's a whole new world for me. Um, you know, Joshua, Texas is a little bit rural. rural yeah, I'm, so I'm a suburbs boy. You know? I've been, it's definitely Not a built for that country for sure. life. But, um, man, I tell you what I am excited for, though, is baseball season to start. Spring training is soon, and yeah. deals have been going off. Trevor Bauer, the offseason's been pretty interesting. I really don't like, though, how in recent years the offseason has been go- going really slow. Yeah, this, this offseason's um, been pretty interesting. Big-name guys will wait. I mean, you know, Trevor Bauer just signed his deal last week, you know, a couple days ago, and... Uh, Mm-hmm. You know, the off season started m- months ago, so it takes months for the big name guys to get signed. I don't know why this has been happening. Um, it is an issue with the players' union and all that right now. They're trying to get it figured out, but yeah, that's true too. Yeah, uh, but well, like the trading period anyway, is much Trevor longer ba- in MLB. Trevor well. Bauer is probably one of the best agents. Yeah, the deadline is until like they, July, I believe. He signed a crazy good deal. Three years, $102 million, with an opt-out after each season. Dude, he signed up. That is a player-friendly deal. deal. That is a player-friendly deal. That is, I mean, he, this is kind of like uh, when that's, Kirk Cousins on, signed cracked. his fully guaranteed yeah, that is, contract that's crazy. Like, with the Vikings. That was three-year, $84 mil, fully guaranteed. This is kind of like that, but for baseball. Because baseball, you always get your money, you know. Um, so the, this is going to be the new standard for guys that can dictate the players now have so much bargaining and yeah, what always, they can and yeah. can't get. I would say it changes the deals for future players in all sports. Yeah. Like this, I mean, this deal could definitely change the landscape well, for future deals, like on blockbuster players like Bauer. Yeah, I take that back. That's the NBA's true, yeah, been doing like, this even for a just in general, the, the players been, are having more you know, power. LeBron like, and KD NBA, were signing those two-year deals. Like, that's all. The players have all the power. Type, type beat. So this is the first we've ever seen about in baseball. So I, I, I'll eat my words a little bit and say maybe not for all the sports, but one hundred percent for baseball. We've never yeah. seen that, and he's joining an already stacked rotation with Kershaw, who isn't what he was, but he's still good. And the yeah, I agree. Prime. I agree beautifully haired Walker Bueller. So he's the one with the hair. Oh, the rich get richer. <laughs> beautifully haired. Yeah, dude, that's a it's a stacked lineup, man. Like the the Padres, not the Padres, but the Dodgers, oh, man. I just hold up. The Dodgers have a really I, uh, good shot of Walker repeating Bueller the World Series Trevor run. May. I think That's this year it's going to be Trevor May is the one it's going to come down to the pitching nice staff, like the pitching rotation, and the Dodgers have. Whoops. Yeah, well, I mean, it's whatever. You know, Bueller can always grow out his hair, but I, either way, the it, hair or no hair, the Dodgers have a fucking stacked pitcher lineup now. And it's gonna the World Series run is gonna come down to the pitching lineup, I think. And this year the Dodgers seem to have the best, but also the Padres, man. Padres are making a run for their money. They got you Darvish, yeah. Blake um, Snell now, 
and they also recently also, acquired Joe yeah, Musgrove from Pittsburgh. Like, that's that's another stacked pitcher rotation. Right now. But, um, yeah, it's been a long time since baseball's happened. So, I'm, But, no, that's what Google's for. Um, but, anyway. Dude, it's been, no, it's been I a agree. long the time Padres since are really baseball's good right happened. Now. But they got even better. Um, that's what that's what Google's you Darvish, for, you know? Blake Snell. Blake Snell is a very good pitcher. The Rays got rid of him because they do their kind of the Oakland A's thing where they just they have their good players, they get their use out of them, and they get rid of them because they need to get prospects coming in because they can't afford guys because they don't have a lot of money. Um, you know, and hopefully they can continue to be good because I like it when small money teams – Yeah. They still got glass now, but I mean, it takes more than one guy to be good in baseball. Baseball is definitely the rate. I mean, they still got baseball. I mean, like, glass look now, at, who's pretty you know, good. Nolan Arenado has been one of the best players in baseball consistently playing for the yeah, Rockies. Yeah. Just got traded Especially to for the Cardinals. Um, couldn't make the Rockies good. Great pickup for the Cardinals. We'll see how good they do. They're in a weak division. Um, their really only threat is the Brewers who, um, yeah, great, great pickup for the Cardinals. A cliff since their magical season where they went to the NLCS. So we'll we'll see. Um, well, I mean, they had Christian Yelich and Christian Yelich. Yeah, Christian Yelich has been one of the best players in baseball, yeah, second best random, player in man. baseball since he got traded to the Brewers. You know, behind the one and only Mike Trout. They had a good lineup. So, yeah, I'm not knocking them, but yeah, Mike Trout's a it, a bit, yeah, I mean, you even look at Mike Trout. He's played in one playoff game, and it was a wild yeah, game. Yeah, of course. And he lost. Of course, the one and only. The so GOAT. It takes a. Yeah, I mean. Baseball it can. I mean, it's very much a team game in terms of, you know, getting wins. Individual production. Yeah, he hasn't had much individual. playoff success. Yeah. Yeah, well, because like you said, like you said, Nolan, Nolan Arenado, you know, he uh, while he was at the Rockies, they weren't terrible. They were pretty bad a few years ago, but last season they weren't that bad. But you know, he he finished top six in MVP voting from 2016 to 2019, and you know the Rockies still couldn't really get it done. So it it is baseball's different in the sense that like one guy isn't going to completely impact the team and completely change it. Like you really have to bring in a few a few big names or a few like reliable players and no, stuff like nobody's, that. Like, <laughs> nobody's catching yeah, so up with I, I, I'm right thinking now. the Cardinals will be Except able to get some good use out of him. Maybe the Yankees in but the season. I don't know. We'll the White Sox, I don't think dude, the Cardinals the, will match White up Sox though with the Padres really or the Dodgers. Year. Yeah, no, nobody's taking them. Fuck the Yankees. Yeah, they were just... Inc- they... They were just inconsistent last season. Like they, yeah, they um, let, they let down because I was, you know, I they followed. Got, let's uh, just see how their new manager with my bets and stuff. Right? And Chicago was one of those teams that the last like time he was with this team, favored, Tony Larusa, Hall of Fame manager. I mean, um, he won World Series with the Athletics and the Cardinals, but uh, he returned to the White Sox and he's like in his seventies. He's old as shit. Um. Yeah, so, like, they've been really questioning how, you know, why they hired such an old guy 
to do, you know, a team that's young and up and coming because the White Sox are young. Yeah, we'll see it. We'll see how that so goes. We'll see how that translates and how that works out. Um, a lot of people are saying this move was made because uh, Larusa is really good friends with the owner and he feels bad that he fired him in the '80s. So yeah, for sure. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how it works out. They could be good. I just, like we said, I just don't think anybody's going to catch up to the Dodgers or the Padres this year. Yeah, probably not. But there was a couple other big uh, big offseason moves. One a couple days ago hit me heart, hit me close in my heart. You know, Elvis Andrews leaves the Rangers to the Oakland A's in exchange for Chris Davis and a couple prospects. You know, it was a necessary move. The Rangers had to get rid of him, but it's just, it's sad to see because he spent his entire 12-year career with the Rangers, and I know me and you both are Rangers fans, yeah, so I mean, he's, growing he's up the last with Andrews has been, he's just always been there, so you know, he's been the guy for us, he's been one of the faces kinda of the franchise, bittersweet, so but it's sweet, but it's just sad to see him go, go especially um, to a, a division opponent. Chris Davis uh, has been, at, he's a, he's been a headache for the Rangers during his time with the A's, I mean, he can he can bash some home runs, but he's been bad. He's been bad the past couple. Two he's a years. good pickup uh, though. Last like... year, that's why. Yeah, that's why we because we won this trade. Like we got, we picked up. And hit dingers. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. the and their catching their prospect that we got from them. I mean, that, I think that's why the A's were so uh, so willing to in dish him the out. A's system. So he's definitely a pretty good prospect. Um, we did, yeah. With the two prospects, too, yeah. We'll see how this works out. I doesn't really bother me how well or good or bad uh, Davis does because we're going to be dog shit this year anyway. And so if he plays, if he plays bad, then okay. If he plays good, then yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Like we just we need a full rebuild. We have a couple of good pieces. I, I yeah, hope Gallo will bad. stay with us and we can sign Gallo to a monster contract. Some people hate Gallo. I love Gallo. I love Gallo. I love him to death. Um, I also just like him as a guy. And I like I like Isaiah Kiner Falefa, the flying Hawaiian, as they call him. Cause the hustling Hawaiian, man. He I love Gallo, dude. I love Gallo. Puts in so much yeah, effort he's beast, dude. than any other guy on that team. He's so much fun to watch. His hitting got phenomenally better this past year. Flying um, he had like Hawaiian. an 11-game hit streak or something pretty good like that this year. So hopefully he continues to improve. He's going to be our starting shortstop. I mean, the guy won a gold glove at third base last year. So, I mean, it, you can play him literally anywhere. So let's hope he does good. Let's hope to fucking God we get rid of Regnet Odor. Um... I hate that guy. Yeah. Dude, that hit literally earned him $60 million. Dude, I just love him, though. You can never forget, oh, though. Oh, yeah, it's one of the, the, it's the best Joey Batista. sports fight of all time. Um, yeah, it did, that was, bro. That was it, during like our rival. It did. I don't hate the so Blue Jays funny. as much as I do now. As he beat his ass, now. bro. That's really one of my favorite clips. Back then, yeah, that was a fun rivalry. Especially because fuck down, the Toronto Blue Jays. Even though they won at any time it mattered. But, you know, hopefully, yeah, Rangers are. Because 
Yeah, it's not as relevant, I, but... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be sketchy, but we'll see how it goes. Should be a, a good year. Whatever, whatever happens in the regular season, the playoffs is looking to be pretty good right now with what the lineups that we're seeing. But, yeah, we'll, we'll be looking to talk about baseball a little bit more as we get closer to the season with uh, spring training and everything going on. But for now, we're probably just going to focus a little bit more on what's happening. Like, for example, another thing that's happening is in the NBA, the Dallas Mavericks just decided um, that they will no longer play the National Anthem. I just think it's funny because the they've been doing it all year and which, nobody's noticed. This isn't really a sports know. topic. It's kind of more um, political, so, but, like, what do you what do you think about uh, it? I, I personally have no problem with it. I, I think it's fine. So like, do whatever I you looked want. this up to kind of see how I feel about it. It's because it's always conflicting to me, you know, because it's people will say it's unpatriotic and that, I never yeah, exactly. Patriotic because I love this country as much as for all the faults that it has too. But uh, yeah, I'm not a communist. Yeah, I mean, nobody wants to um, come off as unpatriotic. It's just like, I was gonna say school, how important like, is it really I to the the game and stuff? Things. You know, because I, uh, I was thinking about it's, it that it's hard. I, so when I else a do you hear the national anthem national other than anthem at sporting, sporting events. events? And it started um, in 1918 when uh, World War One during the seventh inning stretch of the World Series, uh, the Chicago White Sox were playing the Boston Red Sox, and um, during the seventh inning stretch, the military band unpromptly played it. So it wasn't planned. They just started playing it during the seventh inning stretch. And so the Red Sox, when they played their game at, in Boston, they're like, well, we'll show them and do this properly. And they did it as part of a pregame ceremony, and it was a hit. And then teams really didn't do it. Um, they only did it for major events and for like the, like the World Series and stuff like that. They wouldn't do it before every game. But then World War II came along. And it was heard everywhere. You know, the national anthem was heard at operas. You know, uh, it was heard, you know, every single event that you went to during World War II, the national anthem was played. And that was also when speaker systems kind of got introduced. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then and then it didn't start uh, becoming an everyday yeah. affair. After World War II ended, they kind of slowed it down a little bit because there wasn't the need for fervent patriotism. But then it happened during... Uh, Vietnam, they started it up again. Like the Cubs, that makes a lot of sense actually. Didn't do it from World War II until Vietnam, and they started doing it during Vietnam, and they haven't stopped doing it since. So, looking at the history, I'm, I'm not sure it would be unpatriotic to not play the national anthem, because it, it, it's kind of conflicting. But it's almost kind of the point where I'm so conflicted about it of, like, does this need to be an issue? And it's caused so much uh, political theater. Yeah. Yeah, like, should it really even... Should it really even be an issue? Like, you know, like, Mark Cuban said that this isn't something that's going against our country, you know, like, we're not trying to be unpatriotic, but 
This has been a decision that's been talked it's about for a long time, Texas, I will say and, like within the organization. Some are gonna have a, and they a, just decided to move forward with it. And I mean, that, like like you said, you know, they've been doing it the whole time. Like so, so I don't know. Um, I just like you said, like, I don't know why it is such a big fans, issue, yeah. but it is. Um, I, I just don't know. I think that is true. Because I'm so tired of the national anthem being an issue. I don't understand. Like. I think that people should yeah. have their right. Those are probably the NASCAR fans. Yeah. You know. <laughs> oh, it was, I mean, two years ago, it was a story of every week of who stood and who kneeled for the national anthem every single week on ESPN. Yeah, it's it's almost become its own I'm kind of tired of that. You know? I mean. Like, it's like people watch what people I don't have a problem that we play the national anthem. anthem. I'll stand for the national anthem. I'm not going to kneel. But I also respect people that do kneel. So it's kind of. It's kind of been like a yeah, like it was all uh, over political ESPN theater a lot like of that times, was it, and I'm kind of sick of that because it doesn't need to be a tool. I agree. For that. So, it is pretty annoying. Um, yeah, like I don't have a problem. Do what you want. Yeah, for sure, exactly. You know, and I I agree though in the sense that the athletes should be able to use their platform to promote whatever the message they want, you know, do whatever they want in that sense. But it should not be a platform for everybody to have a political argument like Roger Goodell fucking banning Colin Kaepernick. I don't know. We don't need to get all the way into the kneeling and everything because that's, that's a whole yeah. other path. Well, I mean, we're the only The, the anthem, I think, is one of those things event. that we don't I think, necessarily yeah. need it before a sporting event. Like, it's just a tradition. There's really no other purpose other than the fact that it's mm-hmm. a tradition. So, so I'm totally fine with getting rid of it. I don't, maybe, I don't see a problem. maybe it'll get moved for only like the major ones. I don't know. It's so yeah, because like it's, other I know like England so, for like, soccer they only really do it for big games and stuff like championships or something. Yeah, I mean it's an interesting tradition. We'll see what happens. Maybe other teams will follow, or maybe it'll come back when more fans start coming into the. Doors. I mean, I really don't so. care either way. You know, it's like. Like I, I won't just be to upset avoid the if whole, it plays, and I won't be upset you know, if it doesn't play. I just want to watch the fucking game. Yeah, I just one thing I don't like though is the, that people you know use that as a saying. Oh, I hate America. It's like, well, this is still the greatest. I, I bet more teams are probably gonna follow. I hate to say it. Let's yeah. Um, yeah, maybe. But let's maybe, move away yeah. of the politics and the fighting words to talk about real fights. Um, big. Big fight this weekend, Usman versus Burns. So, yeah, let's, um, tell let's me calm about down. it. Is this a U- big UFC event? Okay. Yeah, the the real fights. Dude, I'm fucking I'm fucking hype, bro. Kamara Usman. Dude, huge UFC event, like. Kamara Usman is one of the best pound-for-pound fighters in the world at the moment. Uh, This is for the welterweight championship. It'll be Usman's fourth time defending the belt. And he's fighting uh, Gilbert Burns, who they used to be on the same team together. They used to train together. They sparred together for years. So these guys know each other really well, which is why I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be a good matchup. But at the same time, Usman is just too fucking good. That's what I said about Conor McGregor, so I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but you just look at the fights, like, 
Usman's recent wins. He beat Colby Covington, Rafael Dos Anjos. He took the belt from Tyrone Woodley. Ugh. And then he also beat Jorge Masvidal like in the middle of Masvidal's hype train whenever people thought he was the best. But Usman shut him down. like He dominated. Usman's definitely not the most entertaining fighter to watch. He's kind of a... Yeah, he's a, he's a ground and pound. He's going to... He's going to wear you down kind of thing. But at the same time, he has knockout power. Like, you don't want to fuck with him in stand-up. It's just, I, I don't, you really just don't want to fuck with him. He's just good. But at the same time, uh, Gilbert Burns is also a phenomenal fighter. I think he's really underrated. He's uh, in the welterweight division. He's kind of worked his way up recently. But he got his big break whenever uh, he beat Tyrone Woodley. Uh, that was his big because he didn't just beat him; he dominated him. Uh, that was what earned him his shot at the belt. But before that, he had a first round TKO against Demian Mai, which is also another great welterweight fighter. So it's it, there's a lot behind this fight to make it a good one. There's a pretty good narrative behind it, you know. Burns comes oh, really? from a from super Fort athletic Ridge? family. His brother Herbert uh, is also in the UFC, shit. fights in the featherweight okay, division. Bit. So I'm definitely gonna root for him. I'm really I don't know much about these guys. And, you know, we have I me and you God, have some relevance too with a the new fight because uh, the UFC Kamara there's Usman a new best went to high school right down the world. road at James <laughs> Bowie. Yeah, well, from Arlington, but yeah, close. Khabib. <laughs> That's true. They, they, yeah, they gotta hype it up. You're right. I'd say, like all around though, I'm taking Khabib Nurmagomedov. I can't even fucking say his last name. Khabib. All right, everybody knows Khabib. Yeah. Uh, So I'm taking Khabib all day, every day of the week, twice on Sundays. He's the best pound pound fighter in the world. But now that he's out of UFC, technically, snake oil salesman. It might be Usman. Like we got hype. Usman is really fucking good. All of his best tape was from like you know years ago. I'm so not either. I, I hope he comes back, too. He's past his prime. He's not who he was. And it showed on when he fought. But, yeah, well, it's hard not Man. to be because you love him so much, you know. You just love him so much. He's so – he's just such, a, like, a good guy to, like, watch – or not a good guy. Just entertaining guy to watch his um, interviews and all that. And Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm still on the Shit-talking is otherworldly, so – and you love an Irishman. Yeah, you have, you have to. It's just fun to watch. Of, yeah, yeah, any of that, but I got a little bit in me, so yeah, it's yeah, but no. So hopefully, hopefully this will be another good fight. Um, I yeah, love pre-fight hype. Nah, I don't know. I just like McGregor. Yeah, it's not as big of a not as big of a card as uh you know the Conor McGregor one, but there's only a couple undercard fights that are pretty relevant in my opinion. Uh, the co-main event is a female flyweight fight, Macy Barber against Alex Grasso. Don't really know much about yeah, those two, I'll have but to do some more research it's, uh, before it's, I can the way they're promoting it. About, it's supposed to be a pretty you know, good matchup. Who did that on these fights? Another man, one I'm really excited for. I do for like UFC. Is the Kelvin more I watch, the more I like it. Ian it's Heinish. just uh, I can't say his it's name hard either. to it's hard but to Kelvin like, Gastelum is one of my so favorite fighters. He's a weekly solid middleweight, so that'll be fun to see. He hasn't fought in a while, so that's one of the things 
There's so many fighters. I mean, I like, but every time I watch it, I enjoy UFC. So, like, I would like to get more into it, but, you know, the, the one thing that stops it's me so much is fun, that, dude. you know, it's, it's on Saturday night, and obviously, I'm doing shit Saturday night, you know. Yeah, and there's so many fighters, too. So many. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. It's our longest episode yeah, of the podcast so it far. It is tough. Yeah, but hopefully, you know, like you said, we're going to do some more research and then maybe bring Good you guys luck. some uh, betting picks for All right, guys, thanks for listening on Good our gambling podcast. But... Well, that'll be the next time we uh, talk to you guys. Uh, this will that'll be it for our episode today. Uh, yeah, shit, we just went on and rambled, but you know, a lot of fun topics today. So, hope you guys enjoyed, and thanks for listening. <laughs>